Tell Me I'm Wrong, a podcast about loss, moving on, and the things we've learned in our 20-some-odd years of living. Let's meet our hosts. I'm Scarlett, omnidirectional writer, witch, wanderer. And I'm Plum, introverted bibliophile, creator, empath. Let's get started, shall we? Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Just a disclaimer, this episode's probably going to be very, very messy. <laughs> when aren't they? That's also true. <laughs> Most of our episodes are messy in the best way. At least it's honest. Yeah. We're genuine. Genuine. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be great. I'm ready to hear it. I'm ready to hear it. Today's episode, we're talking about loss and moving on as we said in the intro i don't really know what else to say except that's it it's, it's very simple all right end of episode <laughs> next no <laughs> so the whole point of today's episode the reason why i decided this is what we were going to talk about was because just recently actually no not recently at the time of recording recent <laughs> recent <laughs> yes um i did something actually rather big for me not necessarily the most not the most big, but it was quite big for me. <laughs> I think it was big. It was pretty big. Um, I recently closed a chapter of my life that had been something that I have been doing for years, actually, which was I shut down my blog. And in doing that, I also shut down and erased a persona I had created for myself. Mm-hmm. I used a certain username, which was my blog, which was my Instagram handle and which was my Twitter handle. Um, and I kind of lived with that persona. I lived behind that persona since I was in college. So this was 2016, 2017. I had this one persona, but I've been blogging since I was like in high school. Mm-hmm. I've done every blog possible. I had a Weebly. I still have my Tumblr, but that doesn't really count. I don't blog on it. I've had bloggers. So many bloggers. And I had WordPress, which is what I was last on. So, like, I've run the gambit. I have gone through every type of blog. Mostly book-related. I have a type. I like books. I did a lot of book reviews. I actually just went through my blogger because I was trying to see if I still had any blogs up, and I found some. <laughs> and one was called Movie Rants. I was like, good lord, I had to at least have been, like, 16 when I had this. <laughs> movie rants yeah i was like we're just gonna delete this now because no one needs to see this (laughs) um so yeah this was kind of a big deal for me because i created this persona when i was in my junior senior year of college i was in my little dorm room and i had stumbled upon the whole reason this came about was i had stumbled upon bookstagram the very very niche community of book readers on instagram It's actually huge, but, like, at the same time, it's, like, do you know someone? Like, you have to know someone if you're in that community. Mm. And I actually met a few people through there, and it was really nice while it lasted. And I had had this persona for, since, you know, 2016, 2017, I started my blog. I started blogging regularly, trying to do book reviews And that's really what it was. I was trying to do all of these things and I was trying to be consistent. And I ended up constantly stopping and starting. Like I would blog quite regularly. I would do it a couple times a week. I would do it once a month and then I would stop for like four to five months. And then I would come back to it and be like, I'm so sorry. I know I've been gone. I'm going to try something different this time. I'm not going to do all of this. And then at the same cycle over and over and over again. So at the time of recording, I haven't been writing on my blog since December. I think the last post I did had to do was around the New Year's because I was trying to write everything early and then like have it ready to go in advance. And then I posted and I was like, yeah, I have all these posts coming out. And then I was going to write them and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. But you actually encouraged me, instead of just 
deleting it right then and there to just go on like a hiatus and like think about it because we were also starting the podcast Mm -hmm. and I was also writing my book and then you know with the holidays and everything which I really appreciate because it definitely gave me time to one not think about it and not worry about it and two when I was ready to I was like okay let's think about it and it only took me like three days when I was like I can think about this now Mm -hmm. but it definitely was the best advice I could have been given because I think I would have regretted just flat out deleting it right Right out the gate. Yeah. Just, like, no hesitation, no questioning, no thinking about it, like, just gung-ho doing it, which isn't usually how I do things. No, but you were like, I'm just done. I just want to be done. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just, let's just set it aside so that you can have some time to think about it. Yeah. Because that's a big decision. (laughs) It was a big decision. I've had this blog, this specific blog, since 2017, I think is when I started the blog. Mm -hmm. And it's 2021 now. Like, that's a long time. And it was a huge part of me. I, like, I became that persona. Like, that was who I was. That's how I, like, that's how I identified myself. Like, it was a huge part of who I was. But towards the end, I hated it so much. Because it be, it felt like a burden. Mm. The persona, the username, the blog, like, it just, it was really overwhelming. And I stopped having fun with it. And that was the biggest thing. That, like, everyone, the, my one blogger friend who was, like, who's really supportive and, like, anytime I was, like, okay, I'm not gonna have any posts, he's, like, yeah, take your time, you know, this has to be fun, and he's the one that actually made it more fun for me when I was actively blogging because it, I was only writing one type of content when I first started, and then I was, like, let me write about others, and then because I was so like, in a niche, I was doing book. I felt like I was only allowed to do book. Mm -hmm. I gave myself way too many rules and restrictions. Yeah. And I had so many self-imposed deadlines and expectations of myself. And we've talked about this Mm -hmm. so many times. It was just, it was really unrealistic and it was really, really hard. So then I finally felt like, you know, okay, I can think about this. And my immediate thought was, was like, well, I'm not going to do it anymore. I just, I'm not going to use this username. I'm not going to use this blog. And then it was like, do I want to keep it? Do I want to delete it? Do I want to, what do I want to (laughs) do? All of the questions. I ended up, I didn't delete it. Because that felt like too much work if I wanted to try and save anything. And I'm very much about least doing the least amount of moves as possible. (laughs) It's always been my philosophy. I'm like, if I can do this in two steps instead of five, I'm going to do it in two steps instead of five. So I ended up just reverting all of my posts to drafts. Mm -hmm. And then I privated it. So no one has access to it. The really funny thing is, is that I tried to log into the private access because it's like, oh, you have to log it. And it's like, you don't have permission. I'm like, bitch, I am the fucking admin. Let me in. (laughs) You don't have permission to look at it. <laughs> yeah, no. I had to go in the admin side and be like, what are you trying to do now? <laughs> um, but it was a really big thing because I kind of felt, you know, it, not to be dramatic, but like that part of me has passed away. It's gone. I went and I changed my username on my Instagram because I didn't feel like trying to get all of my friends on my original Instagram. I did delete my Twitter because I don't think I ever used it. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same as the Twitter I use now. (laughs) So I was like, there's no point in keeping this. It's just a waste of space. So now I've lost one of my Twitter accounts. Thank God. Those are so easy to make. (sighs) Too many Twitters, man. Too many Twitters. (sighs) But it made me, it was, you were, you were also the one, like, you know, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it, or let's do an episode. And I was like, fuck it, we'll do an episode. Because yeah. this is, like, the catalyst. But loss is so much more than just losing something. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting when I was doing, like, art. I was doing the Google, as I do for these episodes, trying to see if, like... What have other people said? What have other people experienced? And anytime I typed in loss or moving on, they only went to relationships. 
Hmm. Romantic relationships specifically. And I was like, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't have romantic relationships. (laughs) (laughs) I have platonic relationships and familiar relationships and like my own personal relationships with myself. Is a good way to think about it too, because mm-hmm. you are in a relationship with yourself. You should be. You should love yourself. Scarlett tells me that all the time. BTS. Yeah, they do too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that um, it's interesting because not only do you have a relationship with yourself, but you also have a relationship with your work. Yes. So. A lot of the times we're like, oh, this is my child. Like, <laughs> this is yes. a part of me. I, I created this, so I feel like I have some sort of responsibility for this thing. I have some sort of love and care that I want to give to this thing. And at some point, sometimes we just have to let it go, which is very difficult because not only is it your child, but it's also a big piece of you. So... In, like, cutting that, you're like, oh, but now I I have, like, this void of nonsense that's just not there. But a big part of creation is letting go of the things that aren't right for you or the things that aren't um, what your current you needs to be working on. Right. So that growth is, like, I mean, it's something that we have to be used to because there's always going to be a time where we need to say goodbye to an old project whether it's like okay I'm done with this and now I'm going to publish it and then it's going to have its a life of its own or saying okay this project isn't good for me anymore and I need to put her to rest yeah I mean and I've definitely done that there have been a couple of um specifically I'm thinking of when I was weaving there have been a couple of times where I've literally been like almost done with something that's on my loom and I was like oh fuck it I can't even look at this anymore and I literally just cut it off wrap it into a ball and throw it away. I'm like, okay, fresh start, clean loom. Where's my warp thread? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's not thinking about it that way. It's honestly on it. I will actually say that sometimes it's good to throw away a project. And I wrote this down in my notes because it popped up in my brain when I was like writing everything. It didn't spark joy anymore. Mm. Barring from Marie Kondo. It. Yes. It really did not spark joy anymore. Um, and I loved my blog. I was honestly so proud of it. Like, creating creating my username was the hardest thing. I'm not going to say what it was, just in case. Um, but I think for anything, creating names, and you know, <laughs> you know, titles, so fucking hard. names. In my writing, if I can't think of a name for something, I will put it in brackets and highlight it and come back to it. Because I'm like, I can't waste the time to think about this when I could be, like, writing paragraphs more when I'm in the flow. I will actually, like, be like, okay, now I have to go back and fill in all the blanks, and I will spend a day filling in names of places, city names, descriptions of specific things instead of just, like, words where I have brackets. Um, but I was so proud of what I had created because, like, I'm, it, it was a safe space for me. And I think that was part of, that definitely, like, influenced how sad it felt to be, like, done with it. Yeah. Because I created a safe place for me, but it didn't, it wasn't safe anymore. Yeah. It just caused a lot of tension and anxiety because I felt, I felt so restricted and it just, it wasn't fun anymore. And that was the biggest thing. It just, it was not fun anymore. I wasn't doing this to make money. I wasn't doing this seriously. I was doing this because it was fun. Because I actually met some people and I got to talk to people. My one blogging friend, he lives in Italy and we talked about anime and manga all the time. I have another friend I met through Instagram who is in the same grad program as me and she gave me some really great advice when I was starting out. That's why I was doing this, you know, for the whole... It, I did it for the community, for the fun, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have that anymore. And I'm sure one day I probably will start blogging again because it's just something I really like doing. It's fun. I want to say fun at least 50 more times. (laughs) Yes. It's going to become a non-word by the end of this episode. That's fine. (laughs) But, I mean, 
if you do decide to pick it back up, then it will be out of you finding joy in it again, so. Yeah, and I will definitely be picking, not picking, I will definitely be, like, straight from the get-go. You never know what's gonna happen until it happens, and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna post on whatever the hell I want to. Exactly. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, I feel like, um, this is something that... I've talked to my other friends about this. It bothers me that, like, um, we have to compartmentalize ourselves so much just in order to, like, do sort of semi-well on any social media. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to post only this type of thing because that's what the followers want to see and that's what those communities want to see. So then you're like, oh, but what if I want to do this? And we are so dynamic as humans that... It just limits us to so little, and I feel like that makes me so uncomfortable. (laughs) I completely agree, though, because if you think about when Instagram first came about, everyone was posting everything. It was probably my favorite social media app to be on because you just, you never knew what you were going to see. Everyone was posting everything, and, like, I think nail on the head, like, there's bookstagram communities, there's when I was weaving, I had a special weaving account that quickly got deleted because I was like, I know. Um, any sort of community, they like make little, they carve out little spaces just for them. So you only see that. And you know, that's not a problem, but I feel, I, I hate when I see people who are, they call themselves bookstagram accounts, but then they post something from their, their personal lives or they post something not book related and they feel the need to apologize yeah. This is your account. You are allowed, yeah, allowed to do to post anything you want. you want. But the thing about especially Instagram right now is that it's all so, like, monetized. Um, so that really, like, everyone's like, okay, we got to do exactly only one thing for our thing. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that's not the case for, like, people's personal accounts or whatever because you can post whatever the hell you want. But branding... Branding, that's, like, the the other thing, even with blogging, like, what's your brand? (laughs) What's your fucking brand? What's your brand? And that's something, like, when we're doing our stuff for the podcast, I'm like, okay, I I know that we need to do these regular posts, but I really would like to get away from doing only that because... I know. It's so boring, and... The, the other aspects of your life are important enough to be there. Yes. So there's just... I don't... I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I don't enjoy it because it's fake and it's annoying. It's very... Um, performative. Very performative, very standardized. Definitely. I think this is something we've talked about too for tell me I'm wrong specifically, where, like, we want to start, like, talking at each other, like, through Twitter or whatever. Yes. And then I think we just, we forget. Well, I just never know what to say. And And that's the other part is, like, I don't ever know what to say, but just watch me go on there and be, like, hi. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to, like, get moving in anything, really. Especially if you're trying to, like, gain a following. It's like, okay, I have to act exactly a certain way so that I can hit this mark. Yeah, that was that was the one thing also when I started my Bookstagram account specifically. Um, people were like, you know, if you want to build a following. And this was actually from someone who is a professional photographer um, and director, filmographer person, a YouTuber. This is their advice they gave. Post every single day. Which, who the fuck has the time except for someone that can have the time, you know? Seriously, and that was the hardest thing. So when I started, I tried to follow that, and I did really well. And the one thing that helped when I started my bookstagram is I did a monthly challenge where it actually gives you, I think it was, like, 31 days of, like, take a photo of this, take a photo of that. And that actually helped. Yeah. But do you know how much time I spent taking photos? (laughs) and the cleanup because I had books and then like how am I supposed to like how how do I do this and how to dude I still that did not help me at all when it came to editing or taking photos I'm not the best at it (laughs) I do okay I mean even the stuff that we have to do which we do weekly for like several um episodes at a time Mm -hmm. it's like 
it's something that we have to do. And like designing some of the stuff is fun, but also it's like, oh, we got to do the social media posts. <laughs> it is <laughs> not I mean, the social content. No, we we do the board photos every week, and I love the board photos. I, I like the way they look. It's just so it time consuming. I know that I'm not even doing them, but no, I love them, and I will always I will continue to do them. But you have to be prepared. Well, you are prepared to hear me hear me muttering swears because the one board the letters are very hard to take off. Yeah, she's like, I need a knife. Like, <laughs> every I'm not every, giving you one. <laughs> every time I'm like, I need something sharp. No, but I will continue to do them. Every time I'm like, we should get a new board. We should. I'm like, we already have three like, more boards. <laughs> more please. boards, please. I already have plans for the next one. We will get another one. Try and stop me. She got, I'm, I have no intention of stopping you. No, because you know what board I want to, but it'll be a surprise until I get it. So, yeah. Social media sucks. It's tough to, like, make a path for yourself because basically you have to follow what other people say in order to hit numbers for an app. You have to follow what they say, you have to do what they say, but then you also have to be yourself. You have to be unique. Mm -hmm. You have to be special. And it's like, to a point, you can be. But then otherwise, and I don't want this to sound discouraging, but like you're basically doing the same thing everyone else is doing just with your own flair, which is totally valid. You should absolutely add your own flair. It can get a little discouraging when you're not seeing the same amount, like, numbers, because that's yeah. all this comes down to is numbers as someone yeah. else. But I feel this, like, all the time when I'm looking at the numbers and, like, how much time and effort I'm putting into the different things that I'm working on. I'm like, how do people do this? How do people actually fucking create shit and then put it out there and then get no response back or very little response back and continue to do it? Like, I know that I know that creating things is for, is supposed to be for me, but it, if I'm going to, like, take the time to put it out there and, like, make it all pretty and, like, spice it up just for it to have no response, it's just like, uh, and I feel like I go through a bi-weekly, like, why am I doing this? Yes. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? <sighs> So, also, you have to, like, wade through those kind of feelings, because yeah. even though I feel like that, I'm still going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I took a little mini break from my poetry accounts, because I was like, okay, I've got other deadlines to do, and that was nice, but then I was like, okay, this past week, I was like, okay, if I don't post now, I'm never going to post again. So, either do it or don't do it. <laughs> and then I posted, because that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like, all right. Either convince yourself one way or the other, like, post or don't do it ever again. That's also a really good point. And, like, the time that goes between you posting last and next is, like, super daunting. It is. And that was, that's, like, every day past that you don't do something. It's a scary number to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine all of those days racking up of me not writing for years. Just, and I could see my last post date and I was like, oh shit, every day just gets longer and longer and I'm never going to get back there. I mean, I can relate to a certain degree. I hadn't ever posted anything, but like it had been years since I had written anything until like even tried to have written anything. I think the last time I wrote for myself was actually for not including my blog um fiction type writing i guess we'll call it mm. was actually for my creative writing class when i was a sophomore in college at my undergrad not my under, my community college like technically it was for a class but it was creative writing so we were literally given like write five poems and that was it like there were no rules we could write whatever we wanted yeah I stopped writing for myself. That was in like 2014. Maybe I had written a couple poems here and there, but like nothing that ever saw the light of day. <laughs> Very quickly shoved in a drawer and forgotten about. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's plenty of that. <laughs> there's plenty of lost things. Plenty of things that have just been shoved into some corner somewhere. It's funny because those type of things, like, I'll write some stuff in my journals or whatever, and I'm like, okay, well, that was stupid, and then I close it, and then I put it away, and then I'll go, like, flipping through my journal for no fucking reason, and I would see something, and I'm like, this is good. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Why didn't I do something with this? And then I'm like, the ticket is I can do something with it right now. Here you go. <sighs> yeah. I actually found my old poems from my undergrad time. And I was like, I thought these were so good. Yeah, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. I'm still very proud of the first poem I ever wrote when I was 13. It's still my favorite thing I've ever written to this day. Wow. It's only four lines long. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is after. Okay. Sounds um, good. I was 13 for the record. <laughs> On a school bus. I hear you. 13 <laughs> Going to year middle olds, school. you know. Oh, God. It was glorious. <laughs> it was horrible. Glorious and horrible horrible all at the same time the poem time. was glorious going to junior high was horrible i mean who has a good time at junior high let's be honest no one even if they say they do no one so i talked i said i used the phrase closing a chapter in my life right which is a very common phrase it's very familiar if you haven't heard it i'm shocked <laughs> um i also use it all the time <laughs> I actually wrote a blog post on uh, closing a chapter in my life when I left my retail job mm. a few years back now. Because that was a huge part of me. I was there for over six years. I was there from when I graduated high school until right before I graduated with my master's degree. And I was writing down a list of like my chapters and chapters I've closed in my life. And I was like, okay, I have four big ones. And then next to my retail, I was like, I didn't, not when I wanted to. So I did close the chapter, but I didn't get to necessarily close it on my terms. Hmm. I wasn't actually ready to leave my job when I left my job. Yeah. I didn't want to leave it, but I was essentially forced to for my own health because I was in a very toxic work environment. But I wouldn't have left that job <laughs> because it was a job and it paid and it was steady and it was stupidly reliable in the sense that I knew I would always have shifts <laughs> in hours. Yeah. Beyond that, it was shit. Beyond that, it was one of the worst times in my life. But because I was raised to earn money, then you can die <laughs> mentality. That's all that mattered. Nothing else mattered. Hmm. It was a shitty time. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> I always forget that I was technically working at the library while I was working there. Technically? <laughs> technically, I was working two jobs, an internship, and going to grad school full-time. Um, but that doesn't matter. I wasn't doing enough. To some people. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, that was a huge part. I actually wrote a blog post on closing that chapter of my life and moving on from that. What other big chapters? Uh, college. Yeah, I feel like that's a big one for everybody. A big one, like officially graduating and being done officially. Because my undergrad, like, yeah, technically I graduated and I finished, but I wasn't done officially because I moved on to my master's. Right. And there's a big... Side effect, I want to use that term, side effect from closing both the, the retail and the college master's program, closing those chapters, ending those chapters, is I felt very lost. Yeah. The retail, because it was kind of like, um, I knew I was quitting. I put in my two weeks. I literally had a shift that was so bad. I was like, I'm done. I'm putting my two weeks in my next shift. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how pissed off at me my mom gets for leaving this job because for some reason she wanted me to basically kill myself to work. Um, but it was still kind of like shocking 
because I had talked about it so many times. I had said I was going to quit so many times, but like realistically, I was like, I need money. I need a job. I couldn't do it. But then I did it and it was like jarring. I still had my library job. I was still doing my internship, but that's unpaid because people are horrible. Not my internship. My internship was grand. They just couldn't afford to pay me even though they wanted to. Um, I love them. But I was so lost because I was like, what am I supposed to do now? And then when my when I graduated from college, you know, everyone, everyone fucking lies and says you get jobs when you graduate college. You don't. <laughs> Maybe that's how it worked for you, Dad, but not anymore. <sighs> he got paid. His his work paid for him to go back to school. And he's like, well, that's how they did it. I'm like, yeah, back in the fucking 90s, it is 2020. What are you smoking? Yeah. You can. I'm not saying you can't. But it is not a guarantee. So when you're in high school or when your parents are talking, that is not a guarantee. You cannot live your life based on the, well, when I graduate, I'll get a job. Sure, you can go out and get a retail job anywhere you apply to. But that doesn't mean, just because you have a degree in engineering, I'm not going to say engineering, they almost always get degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's not engineering, English. Sorry. <laughs> you're not going to go out and get a job as an English teacher. You're not going to go out and, like, you're not going to be handed a job. No. Same thing with library school. I'm not going to lie. I was quite jealous when I saw a lot of my um, classmates. They were getting jobs, like, right out the door because they had better networks and connections than me or they had been working in libraries and they had been given librarian positions earlier kind of pissed because <laughs> so I was like why not me but it's from those two big chapters and even my blog a little bit it's like well what do I do now yeah it definitely leaves you with that feeling of emptiness yes I had this huge part of me this one thing that I used to identify myself and now I don't have it anymore yeah who the fuck am I? <laughs> well, <laughs> you were not just that one persona. No, I'm a lot of different personas. You are. I'm plum. We all are. Yes, we all we have are. pieces of ourselves. Yes, I'm not between. just a, um, oh no, I'm going to say it wrong. INFJ? Yeah. I'm not just an INFJ. I'm not just an Aries. I'm not just a blogger. I'm not a blogger anymore, but you know. We are many different things. Yes. We are the sum of... I don't know how to say that. What's that phrase? We are the whole of the sum? <laughs> sum of the whole? <laughs> Greater than the sum of its parts? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I think of things, but my brain's like, words are hard. <laughs> the thing is that we will always be a bunch of different things. Yes. And it changes... As you go, some things will stay the same because some parts of our personality or our goals remain, but um, your focus can change and the way that you describe yourself is always able to change. Yeah, I, there's one big part of me that changed. I used to be religious. Mm. I used to go to church three to four times a week. Mm. I'm really glad that's not part of my life anymore. <laughs> Now that's a chapter. That was a huge chapter, but that wasn't like an official chapter ending because I still live at home, so I still have to, you right. know. Uh huh. Still yeah. Still okay. have to do the thing. Still have to pretend. Right. Um, but the last big, big chapter that closed in my life happened when I was eighteen, mm. and that was when I ended the relationship with my dad. That was a big one. I wasn't even thinking Huge. about it. And then all the articles I was finding were about romantic relationships. And a couple of them talked about familiar relationships and, you know, officially cutting ties. And I was like, I guess that technically was. That was a big one. Yeah. It technically happened the week before I was 18. Um, because he called me the week before I turned 18 and that's when shit went down. <laughs> Great lead up to your 18th birthday, right? Love that. Grand. Um, but yeah, that was pretty big. That was also very 
rough because he's an asshole and he kept trying to pop up into my life before I changed my phone number. And I was like, can you not get the picture? Me not responding means I'm not going to respond. So you can stop trying to text me. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. It's not like he was trying to actually reach out. He was just being a smart ass. So I changed my phone number. And then that chapter officially closed. <laughs> he never tried to reach out anymore. And I was like, thank fuck. Yeah, I like that. That was nice. I like that. <laughs> That's like, I haven't spoken to my brother and my older brother in, what year is it? 21? So what, like five years? Eight. I think it's been 2014. Six, seven years? It's weird. It's been seven or eight years since I've actually seen my biological father in person because he decided it was a really smart idea to show up at my workplace when I couldn't leave. Yeah. Um, but that was the last time I saw him in person. He tried texting me after that, but I didn't respond and then changed my phone number. And it's it's been, it's really strange to think about it because, like, this was a person that obviously i was around for 18 years yeah and then all of a sudden they're gone mm-hmm. and it wasn't just it was the loss of the relationship and that's hard especially for for any sort of familial um platonic romantic for oh god i just thought of another one <laughs> Um, any sort of relationship, when you lose the relationship, you're not only losing the person, you're losing the actual relationship. Yeah. And then there's also, there's also the chance that you're, you're losing the perception, the illusion of the relationship, because that was something else I had with my dad. It wasn't, I didn't, I lost the good and then I lost the realization that it wasn't actually good. Like, I had to, like, be honest with myself. I don't know how to explain that properly. Um, because you're detaching yourself from it, you start to realize, like, oh, here's all the fucked up shit. And yeah. Even the things that I'm remembering, that I was remembering or thinking were okay, I'm now realizing were not okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was not fun. No, that's a lot to go through. At any point in your life, especially when you're in your late teens and everything's changing at once. Yeah, and I was also going through a lot of other shit, too. So it wasn't just that. It was, like, everything that could have happened happened all at, like, it was catastrophic. <laughs> it's the only word I know how to describe it. Catastrophic. Yeah. Makes for great content later in life, but then it was, you know, the end of the fucking world. <laughs> oh, yeah, it always is. It's always the end of the world. It's always the end of the world until it's over. And then you're like, well, that was shit. Next. Yeah. Then you start the next chapter. (laughs) Yeah. No, the other one I remembered was also in my senior year when my best friend and I broke up, basically. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about this before. Yes. The best friend breakup. I don't know if we talked about it on an episode. I can't remember. I don't think so. But I know we've talked about it because I was like, for lack of a better word, we broke up and that's basically how it works. Essentially. Essentially. Um, That was bad because that one had more immediate effects than my relationship with my dad. Because she basically turned our entire friend group against me. And like, it was so blatantly obvious that we were no longer friends that I had teachers coming up to me and being like hey you weren't sitting with so-and-so today is everything okay and I had to be like uh, we broke I'm like we're not friends anymore yeah (laughs) and it was over I can't it was over the stupidest thing it was over the stupidest thing she decided we couldn't be friends anymore and then it just got worse because she was a bitch (laughs) (laughs) i don't like calling people a bitch but she was a bitch um and then it got worse and then we graduated 
You don't think she lives in the state anymore. I don't think she lives in the state anymore, Mm -hmm. which is good. (laughs) Friend breakups are hard. That's definitely a big chapter end. There, I would honestly, I can't really speak, so I don't know, because I've never had a romantic relationship. Ew. Um. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) But I would have to say, depending on the severity, they can be as bad as romantic breakups. If I'm being honest, it's probably worse, unless it's someone that you've been with forever. Well, I, d- I didn't want to, like, say that. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to say that because, like, like I've said, I've been on n- no romantic... I've been on one fucking date, and it was tragic. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that, like... Friends... I don't know. Friends just, like, really get under your skin, too. They do. And I think I've seen multiple people talk about how losing friends is harder than, like, losing a romantic relationship. Obviously, it depends on the length of the relationships. There's obviously a thousand things to go into. So many factors and variables involved. But it's, it's hard, and especially when you have to, like, be around that person afterward... Yeah, because, I mean, we were stuck, and we had a small school, and it was, there was 83 of us. I'm like, that's how everyone knew. Like, we just didn't sit by each other one fucking day, and, like, the entire school knew that something had happened. Oh, high school. I had, so we had, we had special, we had teachers um, assigned to, like, certain small groups of us. That way, we always had someone to talk to, because we were in, you know, an advanced program, high pressure, a lot going on. They wanted to make sure we had someone we felt comfortable talking to, so there were multiple options for us. We sat at the same table. She sat across from me instead of next to me, and my my teacher, after, pulled me aside and was like, you guys didn't sit next to each other. Is everything okay? (laughs) I was like, are you fucking serious? We didn't even make it through one day before, like, everyone was like, Plum and -and so-and-so aren't friends anymore. Something happened. And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. Leave me the hell alone. Yeah. But if there is one thing that I learned from that is, like, everyone always says, like, you'll find out who your true friends are. That experience definitely, like... So these are my real friends. These are the people that actually genuinely care about me. Not the, like, people that, as soon as they realized that we weren't friends anymore, decided that they didn't have to be friends with me. The person who actually reached out to me and was like, hey, just because you guys aren't friends doesn't mean we have to stop being friends. I am your friend. Let me be your friend. And, like, became my best friend. We're not best friends anymore because she got very religious in high school or in college I mean but we were friends in high school and that's what mattered (laughs) and then I met my another friend I'm not gonna call him my best we weren't best friends but like you know you find who really cares about you and then I went to college and then I met my 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 platonic soulmate my best friend uh periwinkle who lives on the east coast she's so far away from me and then I went to masters and then i met my other best friend scarlet who's sitting across from me hi so that is the only time i will tell my stepdad that he was correct and i will meet my real friends in college (laughs) i mean i i met you at work i was in college it counts (laughs) i i guess so i wasn't so doesn't matter i was okay Yes. I'm glad that you, well, I guess you were there first, so I'm glad that I met you. Oh, yeah. I always forget. <laughs> you did start before me. I did. I was still working at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Crying in the back room, trying to find another job. God, how many times did I cry at my retail job? Mm-hmm. Anytime I would start crying, everyone would, would like freak out and be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, what's wrong? Are you okay? Do you do you need a break? Do you need some time off? Are you okay? You can't break down. We need you." And I'd be like, "You're the fucking reason I'm breaking down. Just leave me the hell alone." <laughs> god, that was horrible. Yeah, that's tough. Especially when people are like, "We need you here." Like, "No, you don't." You don't. Well, they needed me. I didn't need them. 
listen, it's not right to go, hey, you can't break down because we need you. That's wrong. That's just oh, yeah. fucking wrong. No, it was, it like I said, it was a very toxic workplace. There was only, like, three people there that actually cared about my well-being. Yeah. <laughs> and actually was like, hey, you should take some time for yourself. Like, you shouldn't be working this much. Like, don't work. Like, they would say, don't work so hard, and they would legitimately mean it. They wouldn't be like, haha, don't work so hard. They'd be like, no, stop doing everyone's job on top of your own. That's not your job. <laughs> you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. Don't kill yourself over things that don't matter. I have notes written down, but I can't remember why. <laughs> what does it say? Um, it was about closing a chapter in your life. Comment and repeated. I have repeat, repeat, repeat. Why did I write that? There's an article that's in the resource doc that I found interesting. Um, <laughs> why did I write that? Yeah, I can't remember. This is what happens when I don't write full sentences and I just write down, like, bulleted words. <laughs> I forget. I texted Plum yesterday and I was like, I have nothing prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a damn thing prepared. I'm just going to listen to you talk and see if I have anything to say. <laughs> it works. It's your episode. <laughs> it is my episode. I lead the topic. You have, you add whatever input you have. That's how we do this. I do the peanut gallery and scribble on my sticky note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I scribbled too, but that was because I think you were talking and I was just doodling. Yeah. That's how we do That's how I did it in school. I, I was a doodler. Did you ever get in trouble for doodling on paperwork you'd have to turn in for school? I didn't doodle. Oh. I got in trouble. I didn't doodle. I would just legit not be paying attention i filled in all of the bubbles all of the circles with ink and my teacher complained oh yeah i think i've done that probably when i was in middle school did my teacher complain or did my mom complain that sounds like something your mom would do yeah what did my teacher complain to my mom i don't know it was one of those they got really upset with me that's so stupid but i was like it's i'm not harming anything it's not like you can't read what i wrote <laughs> It's fine. No, I was a doodler. Actually, when I was in college, I was such a bad doodler. I carried around a spare sketchbook, a really small one, that I would put on my desk while I was, like, listening. So I would doodle in the notebook instead of on my notes or whatever homework I was doing. I'm like, I just have to keep my hand busy so I stay awake. These lectures are fucking boring. Yeah, I didn't doodle. I legit would just have a notebook or just scrap pieces of paper next to me and I'd be writing... That's what I would do. I used to doodle in church, and my mom got mad at me. I was like, do you want me to stay awake during service? And she's like, well, yes. I'm like, then you need to let me doodle. Like, I'm not playing on my phone. I didn't have a cell phone. I'm not doing anything disruptive. I'm literally drawing squiggle lines in my sketchbook. And she was like, fine. I'm like, grand. <laughs> Leave me the hell alone. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day, man. Seriously, I hated it. No matter what, I'd always be put to sleep in service. Yeah, I definitely, I've definitely fallen asleep. Oh, I have straight up fallen asleep. And on if if my if my stepdad was there, my mom would like whack me awake subtly so he wouldn't notice. If he wasn't there, sometimes she would let me sleep. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's, it was painful. I hated it. <sighs> We are constantly ending chapters. Yes. Constantly letting things go. That's life, ma'am. You are always in a, a state of flux. Things mm. change. That's the only constant. It got really bright in here all of a sudden. The sun is shining through the window as if I am speaking the truth. There's a massive ass glare on my computer. It startled me. Um, yes, yeah, so we're constantly doing it. I think I remembered sort of what my notes were trying to tell me. I think that's kind of what you were going for. It was. In one of the things I wrote down, which I think is really important, and we've talked about passion before. We've talked about, you know, being interested in things and staying whatever. And you have to constantly be like, you have to constantly be evaluating yeah. your goals, 
your dreams, your passion levels. You have to constantly be looking at it. You have to constantly be considering it because you do need to make adjustments. You can't live your life only going one way. Things happen. You have to learn how to adapt and to change. That's just how it is. Um, the other thing is that you should constantly be trying new things. Yes. You don't have to, like, stick with them forever and ever, but if you do them for, like, a week or a month or even just a day at a time, do it. Learn a new language. Learn a couple phrases in a new language. Don't even try to learn a new language if you don't want to. Learn how to say your favorite animal, your favorite color, your name, or, you know, introduce yourself, whatever. You don't have to, you don't have to do it to become perfect at it or to become an expert at it. You can learn something just to learn something. Learn how to bake baking's fun oh I love baking I want to bake so bad learn how to paint that's also fun there are so many options out there for you there's so many things why holding on to things that aren't good for you anymore is pointless because there's always going to be something to move on to yes there's always I want to mess up another saying the grass is greener on the other side is that it I don't know that that necessarily applies, but yes, that is the same. (laughs) (laughs) There's something better. There's always something better. Yes. Potentially. There's, yes. Be smart about your decisions. Adjust your expectations for things. That's a good thing. Let go when it's time to let go. It's okay. You're going to be okay. Promise. It will be better. (laughs) It will be. As scary as it is to let things go, especially if you've been doing them for a long time. Yeah. It's okay to move on. It's also okay to not know what you're going to do. Yes. And in that case, take a hiatus, man. Take a break. Take Take a breather. Take a nice little pause. And then when you come back to it, the decision becomes very clear about what you need to do. Yes. Whatever questions you may have asked yourself before, you probably know the answer now. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) I got nothing else. Okay. If you guys ever need anyone to chat through your issues with, Especially when it comes to letting things go, we are available. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have some resources for you in our resource doc, and you can come yell at us on the Twitter, the Instagrams, the Curious Cats, and Discord. Yes, we've got many different channels on there. We can do a chat about all the things. Yes, all the options. What do you prefer? You can choose. All right, we will see you next week. Bye. Later.